What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Friday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. We're recording this a day before, but you know we all have things we got to do on Fridays. And I don't think Chris Vanini of the Athletic, who is on the other line, would like to dive into more professional wrestling on friday night considering there is now wwe smackdown every friday night but chris good afternoon how are you doing i'm doing well i'm looking forward to how smackdown is going to be but uh, it's already been plenty eventful of a week of wrestling it's funny because i saw a friend of the pod and thoughts are with him and the rest of the sports illustrated staff today john taylor was tweeting about um just he was confused as to how there's more wrestling content he's like i just non-wrestling fans who still just understand that there is a lot of it are just like perplexed that there's just so much more content already um a lot of content man even with the day off which i love i love not having monday and tuesday um anymore i'm really glad that i don't have to do both of those things back-to-back days. How are you feeling about that in week one? I don't know. We're going to have to kind of see how it goes. I, I did like having Tuesday off, but, uh, you know, Friday's tough. I, I do think with the Wednesday, having days off is good, but it almost feels like we're never going to get a break of longer mm-hmm. than a single day or two days. I mean, especially with a pay-per-view coming up. So, right. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, we'll see how, we'll see how I adjust. I'm, I personally liked having it Monday, Tuesday, because then it was, like, done, and you could, like, breathe for the rest of the week, but... Yeah, I mean, that's true, but the problem with the Monday and Tuesday was, like you said, you brought up the pay-per-views, where, like, there would be weeks where you had NXT on Saturday, WWE on Sunday, Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, and NXT on Wednesday. It was just a lot, and just constant rotation, and... I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm at least glad that we are not getting three-hour SmackDowns as of right now because yes. I feel like that's still where they're headed, and if they really want to make this the flagship uh, show, they're going to do it. Um, I hope not, but yeah. I, I'm concerned. Three, three hours is too much. I mean, I think yesterday even – I think yesterday having two two-hour shows go against each other, it just it, – it was done, and you were like – you still were like feeling like you'd want to watch more wrestling. It's it, – just so rare that you get done with a raw and you're like, Oh, I can't wait for more wrestling. Cause you're just, you're just drained. Well, let's get into raw this week. Um, I think it was highlighted by Brock Lesnar murdering, um, Dominic. And I don't know if you saw some array comment on this on WWE's social media, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I did. That was the highlight of the week for me. Just Summer Ray, really not, really out here not giving a fuck these days. So shout out to her. Who her real name's like Danielle Monet or something, which kind of makes it better because people just don't know who that is. And she doesn't look a lot like she did back then, but it is, 
it is funny like basically what she said and i'm paraphrasing here is she wished brock lesnar was t- <laughs> giving her f5s and just pr- ripping him, her apart like uh dominic um dominic was great i i thought this whole opening yeah. segment was great i thought um when i was writing down my notes i was just thinking okay what is the purpose of doing this now and it's like oh well, if you want Ray, who's just a SmackDown lifer, to get to SmackDown, and you're about to do this draft next week, um, and you want Lesnar there, this makes sense to set up the first like big SmackDown world title feud is Rey Mysterio versus Lesnar. And bad news for Kofi, but that's how I read all of this. How did you read it? I don't know. I mean, there, there's such it, it's you know it's going to be hard not to read into how things work now with it being on two different networks, but I thought it was notable to open with Brock and kind of pipe up what the, the match Brock was going to have on uh, uh, different shows. So this first couple episodes until they do the draft, how they're cross promoting and everything is, is going to be uh, unique for sure. But uh, I, I like the segment Dominic, you know, mm-hmm. taking bumps and, and uh, Brock beating up. Brock versus Lynn guys is always uh, visually uh, – uh, it, it looks good. It always looks good to make them look strong. So I, I don't – we'll see how it moves going forward. I don't know what's going to happen with Rey Mysterio, but the way they're promoting different things on different shows right now is I think uh, you can't help but think about it and what's behind it. You love to start off a season premiere. Um, I don't know if you heard this on Monday night, but it was the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, and uh, – it was kicked off by a tag team match with a tag team that um, was a SmackDown tag team. And they had the Heavy Machinery SmackDown team byline or whatever um, when they came out. And I'm like, love to start off a premiere of a new season where the Raw roster is still in flux. Where it's just like, I don't know. I would have started with the draft. I, I wouldn't have put it off for a week. It's really random to just wait one week and start off this season premiere, which... I don't, it, Vince McMahon uses these words, these buzzwords, and I, I don't know how much of it's Stephanie too, just because of how much of a brand assassin she is. I I don't think they know what a season premiere is, mm-hmm. I, right? Like, this is not what a season premiere is. It's not like you've been away no. and this is, like, the, it's it's all been one season that's just never ended. Like, right. there's... <laughs> if any, I mean, if anything, the season premiere is the, is the Monday after WrestleMania, to right. be honest. That, yeah. That's when things. That's when there's fallout. That's from the previous big cliffhanger. That's when there's whatever. It, it's it, it's weird. I, I don't I don't think you. It doesn't have something to do with like quarterly TV mm-hmm. ratings or something. I feel like in the calendar that it might be part of that. But either way, unless you're doing something major that's like new and table setting, you don't need to call it something premiere. It's just to it's just to draw up interest and then generally not deliver. I actually would have done the draft. I would have done the draft last week. Yeah. I started off SmackDown with the new SmackDown roster. Right. Just like how they sometimes tweak it after WrestleMania a couple weeks after. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but yes, it's going to be weird to have an opening SmackDown and then change the roster, you know, a week later. Uh, I would have just, I would have preferred them to have it set and then you're excited for this new group together on the first episode and, and you set it up and you're off and running. I think that's a big, a big problem with wrestling and we'll talk about it later with AEW, but that you got to kind of set the table first before you go. And it feels like SmackDown, just like AEW Dynamite was, is going to just put you in the middle of something. 
What I loved, I don't know if you caught this in my notes, Jerry Lawler, who was atrocious this week, as I expected, because it was kind of like the JR thing, where it's clear he hasn't watched the product in a long time while he's been away. Um, Lawler had no idea who any of these people were. And it was evident in just some of the stuff that he's saying. He's also getting weird cues. like So he opened up the show saying, we're kicking off with a universal title match when Ray came out. And then Ray was obviously not in ring gear, and it was clear he was just doing a promo. And yeah. it was one of those things where I'm like, he doesn't even know what's happening match one. How do you mess up the first segment? Yeah, I mean, I figure, I, I imagine it was because they wanted to have a familiar voice in there as they are changing the announced team. And I think Jerry Lawler's fine in doses, but he was acting at times like the number one guy on that commentator team when... I think he would yes. be best suited as the number three. I don't like three-man boots at all. But I don't if either. You want to throw in Lawler, if you want to throw in Lawler because you want it to be a familiar voice, fine. He should be either number three or a 2B or something like that. Uh, it was – it was. yeah. He there sucked was a up lot a lot of, of oxygen. Yeah, yeah. I like him, but I, you, you kind of if – you, if you're going to be so out there, you got to, you know, know what's going on. Dio Madden said maybe four things. He got David Otunga'd. Yeah, I don't know if that was just making room for Lawler, being told Lawler was talking. Who knows? We weren't weren't actually there. But yeah, you figured, uh, you know, maybe he's going to grow into this role more. But uh, yeah, there was not a ton there for a guy making his uh, raw debut as well. Love Vic Joseph. So that was good. And I'm glad he's got this spot. Um, I thought it was funny that, and you brought up the Lesnar stuff. I Lesnar doing cool stuff and beating people to a pulp is just inherently entertaining. That's always been a problem right. with his like being a, a heel. Is once he starts doing heelish stuff like that, the crowd's actually, oh no, this is actually really cool. It's a, like him just being an uncontrollable wrecking ball is just cool. It's cooler than what Strowman does around the ring and all that. And Strowman's super over, but I. I really enjoyed this, and I love that the crowd turned on Mysterio. They were cheering Lesnar in this. Like, he got them cheering when he kept coming back out, and the crowd was popping for him. They were booing Mysterio's name when, um, was it Ricochet or someone else mentioned Mysterio? It, they booed. And I was like, I don't think this is what the WWE writers wanted here, of uh, the crowd being like, no. oh, no, this is awesome. He should keep killing more families. It's been weird, just kind of what they've been doing with Ray for a while and his son and you know, being proud and, and everything. It just, there wasn't much direction. And whenever, whenever things are a little confusing or you're like not all in on something, if someone's going to come in a wreck shop, you're just going to cheer it because it's interesting. It's new. You got to keep, you got to keep the faces interesting. And Mysterio hasn't been really made to be all that interesting through this. And I think that's probably part of it. Because it's fun, like I said, it's fun watching Brock just wreck shop no matter who yeah. it is. And uh, so that's going to get cheers. Um, and I, I love that Ziggler and Rude still don't have a team name. We, we're a month into this. They still haven't thought of something. They still come out with their own mix and match entrances. I think they're a good team. And so I think wait, there let, is a let's lot talk you- about that. The, the, let's talk about the mix and match entrance where they play one person's music and play the others, which they do for so many tag teams, is so bad. Right. They should be coming out together, same team, put the mix the music together like when they did that with Cody and Goldust. Uh, they mix their themes together. I don't know if they're not mixed. Just get them a new theme. 
or or just put them in a new team. Yes, but like one person and one person, it's just you, you, the whole. If they're the champions, you got to emphasize the team part of it, not just two random guys. Right. And uh, I, I I'm never I'm never a fan of two singles guys randomly teaming up and being better than the teams. Yeah. Let alone for for that. But if you're going to put them together, at least make them feel like a, a single unit, and they don't. Um, I love that there was a line, I think it was Vic who said, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them at the, one point in the match. Like, it's just, well, the, they don't have a name. They're just like, whatever you want to call them is fine. We haven't figured it out yet. Um, Miz mm-hmm. TV, I, I really wanted to talk about this because the Miz came out, corporate shill stuff. And look, I love the Miz. I think he's been wasted for the last year. I I really think he deserves a lot of credit for how good of a baby face he is after just years of being a solid heel. Um, the whole Hogan stuff. The crowd was more white hot for Hogan and Flair than anything else in this show. And I don't know if that's concerning if you're WWE management, but like, did you see the crowd? Like, so many phones were out. They were taking pictures. They were all in on the Hulk stuff and the way the Miz introduced Hulk. And like, I'm still uncomfortable with all the Hulk stuff anyway. And then to just realize that, because I, I had forgotten about the Saudi Arabia stuff. And then for it to be crystal totally clear right. why they're there, I was like, oh no. This is like, it's the same thing with Undertaker and Sean and all the other stuff where it's like, it's so random and just awkward in terms of the rest of the show. It has nothing to do with everything else going on. It's just this like sidebar that's just in, it's, it's just weird. It's force fed and they're clear that it, the crowd was like so bummed when they realized they weren't getting Hogan versus Flair one on one that it was like team Hogan versus team Flair. And they're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. They're actually not fighting. They're just picking teams and being coached. What? No, we, we don't want any of that. If we want to, if you're going to do this, have these two go at it and one dies, who cares? Um, I, I don't know. The crowd was chanting one more match and they were into Flair and Hogan's back and forth and all that. But I don't know, man. I, the biggest thing to me was Flair saying the three greatest draws in this company's history was Austin, um, Hulk Hogan, and The Undertaker, which, um, what? No. No. He's not, I mean, yeah, that was weird, but... I mean, Ric Flair and Hogan feel special, and yeah. there aren't a lot of guys among current wrestlers who feel special who you want to pull your phone out for. I mean, you know, think back to the late 90s, whenever Austin would come on, you just see he'd stand up, the rock stand up, and he's dead. Massive, flashing cameras, because that's someone who was there every week, but somebody, that's who you came to see. And just they haven't, they don't have any mega stars right now, so they'll rely on these older guys until they're gone really and that's what the saudi arabia show is all about because they only they're only interested aside from how terrible that whole thing is anyway they're only interested in the old guys that's why Shawn Michaels comes back and goldberg and undertaker because for 20 years they've only been able to make two or three real big stars some of those uh not even on purpose and and so that makes hulk and player interesting and I think the weirdest part of this is doing this right before Survivor Series. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If you had made Hogan versus Flair Survivor Series, fine. I mean, you know, at least there's, there's not a ton of reason to it, but it makes, it, it, it's a Survivor Series match. To do this right before, to do a Survivor Series central match a couple weeks before is dumb. And I, I wish they wouldn't do the Saudi Arabia shows at all, but I kind of wish they wouldn't even uh, 
pretend it's in the, it's, I wouldn't even pr- pretend it's canon, like that it's actually in this world. I almost, if you're going to do it storyline wise, don't even count it because it just makes everything so convoluted. Last thing on Raw, I think we need to touch on um, the main event with Rusev, Bobby Lashley's return, and um, Lana's return, and where they're going with this. What did you? I'm guessing she was in the limo. Is that what that was? Are we like they never really? We never I, saw I, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I thought it was very Paul Heyman. Like, yes. I don't know. There, there, there have been so many episodes for a while where just like the ending was nothing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that they tried. They tried something different. You know, I, I, I want great wrestling, but I want, I, I, I often prefer a soap opera. Yeah. Uh, to, to a 20 minute TV match. So they gave me that. So I'm not going to complain too much, but I think the weirdest part, the whole thing was, it just, the timing felt off. For one, to do two twists at the end, essentially have interference on both people. Like you kind of forgot about which thing was going on. A lot of thing happens, and then that's immediately replaced by the fiend stuff. And so it was just a lot happening. It was kind of weird, but the timing was off. Like Bobby Lashley comes up, and he's like gesturing for like 20 seconds before Lana. That had to be a mess up, right? It, 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 I had to. I mean, they have a hard cutoff with the TV, so it, it, maybe they were trying to drag it out longer than they could. And then they had to make out for like a minute straight. I it was way too because, long. I assume because of TV time purposes, and so the whole thing just it it it, it, it almost, like if that had been condensed and like it would have felt more impactful, but it kind of dragged out that it just felt weird. And then the theme thing happens, and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about this, but it's nothing new. And then we're done, and you're just like, what? What just happened? So, I mean, at least they tried. I was preferring they try something to when they don't, but uh, it was a little, it was, a, it was all a little weird. I'm okay with things happening. And friend of the pod, Max of RBR, yeah. has said this, and I agree with him. Where it's just like raw so often, and you touched on this too with the way they end their shows, where it just feels like nothing happened, and you just kind of wasted three hours. At least something happened here. We are like, I have no idea what's going on. It's bad timing with the pay per view coming up on Sunday. Where it just feels out of place, like a go home show, uh, before a big pay per view ending like that. It was just kind yeah, of uh, la- la- yeah. Lashley and Rusev being the thing you remember from the go home, who won't be on the pay per view. Yeah, it's not. It's, it was. Just, it was just. It was. That's why it was a little weird. I kept forgetting that the pay per view was this weekend. I um. I don't know. It, I think it was interesting. Do you think the? Do you think the fiends winning? Because now there's like more stuff where it's like he's getting advertised oh, for man. SmackDown, and I I don't know if I, you have him lose, it's the same old story with Bray Wyatt. And at that point, you're just like, what yeah. is the point of this? I I thought for a while that he was winning. I try not to look ahead to spoilers or hint towards spoilers or anything, so I don't know anything about the SmackDown stuff. But with the way this is all played out, it almost seems that for sure. The fiend is losing, and if he loses, I don't care how he loses. If he loses, he's done. They have played this perfectly so far. I cannot believe that they have made it this far with the fiend being as interesting and as good as he is. And they've 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 done a great job getting him to this point. 
that will all go away if he loses again. Nobody will have any faith in him. Nobody will fear him. I don't care what happens. He, he I don't think he should. I don't think he should have been in the title match at this point. I think they, you know, I think they moved that too quickly. If he's all supernatural, you can make stories with him that have nothing to do with the belt. But uh, they felt he was big enough and not enough to go forward with the title match, and I get it. But I think he has to win it. Like he's the thing right now. This feels like this feels like Strowman when Strowman was got red hot and then lost, and then and then, then turned heel, and that was it. And he's never getting back to that point again. These guys have, when, they're, when their first window comes, it's, it's, it's almost always the biggest window. You have to hit it. I, the Fiend has to win. I don't think he's going to. And I, I don't either. Be, I think people are going to be really upset be online on Sunday, because I don't think he's winning. Yeah. Which is why you don't. Why do you? They back themselves into a corner. You brought up Strowman. They did the same thing with Strowman, where they just you can't have both guys win, and you have no intention of doing the alternative. So it's like, why are you? you no one was expecting the fiend to be thrown in that quickly. You didn't have to do this. Right. Yep. I, he was kept special. He wasn't on everything doing. He wasn't on every show. Always overexposed, like Bray Wyatt. Like. You don't like you could you could play this very very slow, you know, and, and, and make something out of it. He doesn't have to do a promo every week. Have a couple sneak attacks here and there. Have him do some matches and beat up. But man, he he said what? How many actual matches has he had as the Fiend? Two, one, one. The there's the Finn Balor match. Yeah, has he had an actual match since then. I don't think so. Yeah. So you know they've kept him special and he's still interesting so i like that i don't think they needed to put him here but i understand i understand why but if you're going to do that you got to go all you got to go like all in with him you can't push someone this far and then pull back and then think you're going to be able to do it again yeah i just i don't know um what do you think about cm punk reportedly getting the back wwe backstage co-host position with renee young uh, I mean, I think he'll be great at the job. It's, it's good to see him back in pro wrestling because he's very, very good at it. Uh, I, I wonder how much it, I, I don't know. I don't know his situation, but I wonder if it kills him as being the guy who said he was never, ever going back. And now he's essentially what he said. He well, I think hated. he doesn't want to wrestle like, again. I don't think this counts. Right. But he hates being told if he's going to wrestle again. He hates, but yet he's also going to get this far to make this point. And you know he hates being asked about coming back and, and yada yada yada. But he's going to go. And he, maybe he says he works for Fox and not WWE. But whatever, it's back with WWE. It, 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 I think it's great to see him. Uh, we're only going to ever wonder if he gets in the ring, and I have to imagine he knows that. But uh, it should be interesting. He was good on commentary when he was wrestling. He he knows how to he knows how to put guys over and make things sound interesting and and uh, I think he'll do a really good job at it and we're all gonna want to know if he gets back in the ring. Yeah, um, I I'm excited and I think ultimately like he was so good on. Remember when he got injured and he instead of like keeping him off television, they had him on commentary for several exactly. months. He was yeah. really really good at that, and that's what I hope this leads to yeah. is him getting actually on in the commentary booth for one of these shows. Um, if he's done with wrestling, he doesn't want to do that to his body more until he get that. But like, if he can, we can get him on the commentary team on one of the two shows, I would I would be one hundred percent here for that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think he'd do a good job. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he knows he's very, very smart. He's a very, very smart dude, especially very smart at wrestling. And I think it'll be good. I mean, the best thing about Punk, and I mean, he's one of my favorites of all time, is that he his best his best strength in professional wrestling is his speaking ability. It's never been his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like he's an okay wrestler. He's fine. But what sets him apart has always been what he can do on the mic. And he's just using the mic stuff now. And I don't think I'd want to watch a wrestling match with CM Punk anymore. Like at this point in his career, I don't think it'd be very good. I mean, depending on who he worked with, but I don't know. I, I would, I would have my doubts that it would actually be a, a barn burner, a, a fun long match with CM Punk in 2019. I have a hard time believing that. I think you can do an interesting match that's not a would be considered a high work rate match or something like that. I think we saw with you know the way Cody wrestles, it's not the same as the way Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks wrestle, and you still make it feel like a, a huge, huge deal. And I imagine Puck would be able to do that. I want to, I want to, I want to see him wrestle again. I mean, I, if he physically can, I don't. But but uh, selfishly, if he had the ability to, I I absolutely would. Just just not not even the matches themselves, but like if it was like come back for a one off. I wouldn't be interested in the match. I'd be interested in the, the build up to the match because I think that that that's what he'd be really good because because the mic is his best spot, which is huge. It's just to me, it's just as important as wrestling ability, if not more. AEW Dynamite debuted last night. I thought the production was great. Cody rising from under the ring was cool. I thought the intro package was cool. I love Shivani. I love the interview he did with Cody just sitting in that boardroom. I love just Excalibur, Ross, and Shivani. They're really good together. I'm glad they made the adjustment and brought in Shivani. He is he's gonna be really good for them. Um I thought this was a great show. I thought the opening match was a lot of fun. The crowd was just white hot and they they did a different kind of shot where like they showed mm. the entire arena and it was just everybody was in and it just looked bigger. And this is the, like where NXT just can't compete. And part of it is just they're playing at full sale and the full sale. It's a good strategy to stay there, but this is the difference. And this is why AEW is going to win this battle every single week is that AEW looks like a big deal. Like it had a big deal feel. It looks like a main roster, big time wrestling promotion. NXT still looks like ROH with good fans. And I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm just saying that it's how it looks aesthetically. To If you're watching NXT on USA and then you flip over to AEW on TNT, it just looks completely different. Small potatoes compared to this potential Goliath that um, is going up against WWE. Like, am I being a little too harsh or is that how it came across to you? No, I thought the same thing flipping back. I'm flipping back and forth. AEW, it, it felt just the energy came through the screen and you get, you get that from NXT at the takeover. It was, it was just like that. It was a crowd that's there. That's excited to be there. Is excited to see what happens. It, it felt like a takeover crowd coming through the screen. And, and, and you're right. The production was great. Shivani was great. Everything felt, uh, it, everything felt legit. It felt unequal to raw from a production standpoint, pretty, pretty much. And, and, it, and I mean that in a good way. My only, my only, my only concern moving forward, and the numbers came out. I think AEW had like 1.4 million, and NXT was 800 some thousand. So it was a pretty notable win for for AEW. That I, I'm curious if they're going to be able to sustain it, because 
you know, I asked my dad to, I told my dad to watch AEW last night. He, he heard about it, but he didn't really know much about it. I don't think he made it through the show. And he flips around, he's watching sports and just doing a bunch of other stuff. But as I watched that show, I kept thinking, if you don't know who these people are, are you interested? Because they opened that with code, they opened it with that Cody interview and they explained who everybody was to lead into the first match. It was great. But they didn't really do any of that or very much of that the rest of the show. There was not introductions to who these people are. Commentary did an okay job of explaining why these people matter. But it felt like you got to, it felt like it, it felt like another one of their, of the AEW pay-per-views. And that it felt like you kind of just jumped into the middle of a story without uh, a foundation of a, of a, of a narrative. So you know, maybe 1.4 million, maybe that's all intense wrestling fans and, 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 uh, that'll be enough to sustain that number moving forward. And they don't need more, but as, as it relates to casual people, I just was wondering, you know, if you don't know who these people are, do you know, at the end of the day, is there a reason to care? There, there wasn't a story really throughout the night, uh, uh an evolving story. Uh, you know, there, there, I, I, I need, I, I want to know if they're going to develop some stories other than we're wrestlers and we're fighting. It doesn't have to be Bobby Lashley, Chris and Lana, but you know, eventually you kind of got to add some more to that. I, I, I thought, I thought there would be more of an establishment of a foundation. Instead, it just felt like a wrestling show that was about wrestling, and it was a really fun show. The wrestling was great; everything was good. Uh, I just would have liked to see a little more. Uh, just some more established. Like even, you know, they, they did some interviews or they were going to do some interviews, but they immediately get beat up. You know, I, I kind of wanted to see what the structure and the organization was. And kind of was just uh, all over the place, I think. But, but good show. Numbers were great. Going to keep watching it moving forward. But uh, uh, I was, I was, I was surprised in that. It felt, it, it felt just like their other shows. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that Jericho um attack cody after the match but like as he's getting ready to hit the code breaker they go to commercial and you get the side by side post uh interview beatdown while like the split screen they do for smackdown and everything and they did this raid i was cracking up because i was just like did they plan this like this is kind of awkward i've never seen this before the side by side of a post-match beatdown was really funny to me yeah Brandon Stroud, who was there, said it did a good job of never feeling like it was in commercial, like like it's the case when you visit Raw, and I imagine that was part of it. I liked it. It it, it kept me from changing the channel, I'll tell you that. Yeah. If you run a commercial and you run a little riddle, uh, camera of what's going on next to it, I didn't, I, I didn't change the channel. I, I stayed on what was going, and I think that's a good uh, strategy. But yeah, it was weird because it was a long beatdown, and I thought that, I don't know about you, but the commercial breaks felt really long to me. Did they feel long to you? They did feel long. TNT, I feel like when I'm watching a movie on TNT, has long breaks, and so it kind of felt like it was a long. You were watching a Jericho beatdown for a long time without without any without any sound until it finally came back. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was I, I was interesting strategy. They didn't do it every time. I know JR a couple times mentioned that that you would still be able to watch when it was that commercial. That's a good heads up. Uh, I would have preferred no commercials in the main event. Something that I always remember the old uh, Attitude Era Raws before the main event would start. Jim Jim Ross would always announce that uh, there are no more commercial breaks to the end of the show. So you like kind of got up. You kind of like oh, okay, here we go. 
and uh, to have a commercial in the main event it was uh, disappointing, but can't say it was surprising or anything. But uh, I, I thought, yeah, commercials were long. That was the biggest thing. Pack, um, Hangman stole the show for me. I thought, I mean, Pack, I'm just, I'm all in. That dude, and I loved him pace around the ring and the camera shot with him was good, where people, I think, look at him and are just mesmerized by like just how absolutely shredded he is. And he just, he can work these crazy matches over and over and over again. And I like the story they're telling where it's like, he is setting the standard where he's going to be the hardest person to beat in this promotion one-on-one. And he is just a freak of nature. And I enjoy watching him maybe more than it's like him and AJ are my two favorite people to just watch. And you have me if you like just that's they're advertised for the match. I'm, I'm in for either of them. Um, what did you think? Because that was like, obviously Jake Hager, formerly Jack Swagger made his debut last night. And, um, we have a new stable, um, with him, Jericho LAX and, um, uh, who else am I blanking on? Jericho LAX. Who, uh, is that it? I don't know. Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy oh, Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Yeah. I was like, there's someone else there. Um, who plays a really good heel. Him and M- MJF opening the show where they like, they made it very clear who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Um, I thought that was like another underrated thing where it's just very clear who you should root for and who you shouldn't. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Pac and then also the debut of Jake Hager? I can't stop calling him Pac. Like PAC, it looks like Pac. You think yeah? Well, I just think like Pac Man. I had. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to do it. That's I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was one of maybe Page's best match since, yeah. since he got going there. Uh, I I liked that low blow from the guy from behind you. Stone Cold Steve Austin used to do that that kind of low blow all the time, and I love that low blow. It's a great hidden way to do it. Uh, I thought that was a great. Uh, great way to do it the thing about that so it was interesting because the heels like pretty much won the day i mean yeah you know mjf wins well cody won the opener cody won the opener and and rio won the women's championship but but it ends with it ends with the you know but cody wins but he immediately gets beat down rio wins she gets beat down the, 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 the heels win the main event with a beat down and then it's all heels winning so it's a lot of you know i I, th- I don't think it's bad that you're establishing that the bad guys are strong i think that's good i was just surprised that that you know that there wasn't a ton of like levity happy for so many moments at some point i i my favorite match of the i thought the women's match in terms of just just the match itself I thought that was my that one got me the most because there's such a natural story there with this little Rio against Big Nyla Rose and there's a natural storyline there and, and the way they played out some things had me really uh, sucked in. I, I I thought, but Cody's entrance in his match, everything felt just big. And I, I, yeah. I tweeted this after the show. He he has such a good feel for the moment. He mm-hmm. knows. When he knows when this is a big moment to, to, to make the most of something. Cody knows he knows how to take a moment and make it uh, as big as it can be. He makes it simmer there. He'll sit there and look at the crowd. And he was, I think he was probably the most over person, not just because it was the first match of the night, but I he in in the in the pay per views that he had uh, his 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 matches, the Justin Rhodes stuff. He knows how to make stuff as big as it is. 
And that's the difference between being just a great wrestler and I think being a star. And he knows how to make he knows how to make himself feel like a star. Not like in a triple H way, although he's done some triple H type things. But uh people know that when Cody comes out, like what's happening is a big deal. And that felt like that in the match. It was uh against Sammy Guevara, good match, good finish. Um I the only thing is I would have liked Cody to like get into his interview before Sammy and Jericho attacked him. We didn't really establish that post-match interviews are a thing. That's yeah. kind of what I was saying about like a foundation, like, you know, so we know, okay, we, we can expect an interview after a match. Oh, wait a minute. This guy interrupted. He's not supposed to do that. Instead, we kind of went straight to the beat down and, and, and whatever. That, it, it's a little nitpicky thing, but uh, I, my favorite moment, I think match in totality was, was uh, the Cody match. Yes, I would agree. I thought it was, um, well, actually, no, I still have to go pack. I go pack. I think they were close. Um, I thought it was a good setting of the stage, and I think it did wonders for introducing Sammy Guevara on the main roster. I think it did more for him than it did for Cody. And I'm not saying it hurt Cody. I'm just saying it, it was good for Sammy and put him in that spot. And, uh, yeah, and people hated Sammy, and, 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 and I, I think people are kind of annoyed by him without realizing like that, that, that that's kind of a point. Right. Uh, he 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 played that role well, and, and I think he I think he looks plenty fine uh, coming out of it. NXT was there any big takeaways for you? I mean, we know Finn Balor is is back. Um, I it's interesting. Friend of mine, Matt Galloway, um, posted this on Twitter, but like how you cannot look at this any as anything other than a demotion. I don't know. I. Um, I can see where like we're gonna see how that works and like certain guys like I don't think it was a demotion for Bree Bree Zango, but I think for main event guys moving down, like I think if Kevin Owens had to stay down there full time, it's a demotion. I think it looks bad if guys move back down. I think it should only be guys moving down um if they're like they're re- they've always floundered and they've never been seen and positioned as a big deal on the main roster. Um I I don't know, like I, because it's like admitting failure essentially. Um, when you're like, this didn't work on the main roster, try and restart your career in the on um, NXT, and that's why it worked for Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Like they floundered and bombed on the main roster, weren't treated seriously. Back to NXT where everybody treats everybody seriously and fun and awesome. Um, I don't know. I mean, he'll be great. He'll have great matches. We'll see him once a month, um, maybe twice a month if we're lucky. But I. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I feel like this is not the best thing for Finn Balor at this point. I agree. And to your point about if someone shows up in NXT again, you feel like it means they didn't make it on the main roster. I honestly, you kind of get that. That takes me back to what you were saying earlier. That kind of takes you back to the, to the Jake, Jack Hager, Jack Swagger mm-hmm. showing up in AEW as a main event. When you see him popping up, you're like, Oh, he's the guy who fails in, in WWE. It was kind of that same feeling of what you're, talking about uh, in terms of uh when a guy comes back down to NXT, you think oh that's because they didn't make it but i think you're right if you're not a main guy uh nxt doesn't necessarily work but you know th- there are i'm sure there's personal rings for things i imagine the wrestlers would love living in florida all the time and not needing to do all that travel i know yeah i think ballard, ballard just got married or something like that so um well did he take a pay cut it, th- well, that's, well, this is what I was about to say. I don't know. I'm not a reporter. I don't know if Meltzer's reported anything about uh, 
if a Balor or, a, or or anybody who goes on and see if they're going to pay cut. If if they are going to pay cut, then yes, it's clearly a demotion, but maybe they're fine with it. If they're getting paid the same, and but how does that work? If you're another NXT guy, how are you okay with that? Well, because that's someone who's already made it to that spot. But they're not I, traveling. I like part of the reason you're getting paid more is you're traveling. You're doing a lot more. Um, I think you're just doing a lot more for the company. Right. I mean, I don't know. I was like, maybe, maybe they are getting paid less. I don't know. Maybe Balor is there, but still doing, you know, WWE house shows. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I don't not know saying it's right or wrong. I just think this is where sense. things get dicey because we know that there is a difference in pay structure for both brands. So I we just, do. I wonder right. how that's going to work. Right. I, 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 I think we just have to wait to see if and when those details come out to make a, a full evaluation but from an image from an image standpoint yes it absolutely feels like a step down um because it's in that little arena which is great for what it is but it's not when you're playing into a full full-on arena i i think finn coming back is fine you know i was never i i wasn't all that into finn and nxt because i didn't do a, a ton with him his matches were fine I wasn't really big into Nakamura down there. Fine. I was real into Kevin Owens down there and Sammy yeah. Zayn down there and Neville down there. Guys who there was a lot more talking involved with what they did. Um, but you know, Finn. You know, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny that uh, Bray Wyatt tweeted, "I I heart." It was like I heart at Finn Balor. Like right after he showed up on the next Bray Wyatt tweeted that. I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, do you want to do Hell in a Cell match card predictions real quick? Uh, yes. All right. Um, let me pull it up real quick. I had it up for a second, but I um, this is uh, there are three oh, matches. Let me just before that's before we get back to before we move on to Hell in a Cell, I want to go back to AEW real quick. I was curious how MJF would be when he was on cable TV and not allowed to swear as much. Yeah, uh, but I thought he did a. I, I I thought he was the standout. He was a standout person from that show as well. He's still. He's great. He's still, you're just absolutely drawn to him. He is absolutely a future big star. He he owns the room whenever he's in there. You cannot stop paying attention to him. He's very creative on the mic. He had some 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 great things to say in his press conference afterward. He's great on the fly. Uh, perfectly good in the ring and everything. And I'm looking forward to seeing him eventually get on to, to, to bigger things because he is absolutely, he is one of my three favorite people in that company right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there are only three matches in the card right now for um, Hell in a Cell, which... And, the, and this is all the Raw stuff, right? Yes. Oh, ha, well, there is well, one the SmackDown. Tag, the tag. There is one SmackDown. There's two. Yeah, the, yeah, but two, yeah, the, two, we only have the two, the two Raw championships and then that Smackdown Yes. So I guess that means they're going to add random stuff on this card at some point? Or, I, or... Yeah. Maybe they'll set it up on SmackDown. I don't know. Maybe we get Bobby Lashley after all. Oh, God. Because um, that's what everybody wants, folks. Um, I think we both already mentioned that we think that Seth Rollins is winning, unfortunately. Um, I think it's yeah. the wrong decision, but I do think he's going to win. Um, Becky and Sasha. I think Sasha wins here, would be my guess um some kind of shenanigans i i just don't think becky is staying on raw and if you're gonna get the right title, like sasha has to win something to make all of this worth it 
Right. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's another kind of similar deal where she's back. She's got a lot of momentum. It's a perfectly good time to put it on her and establish her as really back. But also, we we see Becky Lynch on all the SmackDown promos. It's kind of hard to avoid. And uh, you figure that means she's going over to SmackDown. So we both picked Sasha Banks, I assume. Yes. And then the other match, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus uh, not the the Basham brothers or whatever they were called. Uh, Bludgeon, Bludgeon brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Basham brothers, though. Miss those guys. Who could forget the classic JBL cabinet members, the Basham brothers. Um, this is I, I just I'm just happy that Daniel Bryan's a baby face again. This is what's going to be good. It, fans want to cheer him. He's going to just be a big figure on SmackDown. I think there is absolutely no way in hell that Eric Rode and Luke Harper win this match. No, and and you're right. I mean, uh, Brian had everybody booing him, you know, when he was doing his thing, and um, he immediately got everybody to cheer him again. So he's just he's so good at at, at just the concept of professional wrestling. And people like Daniel Bryan. It's it, they liked him, but they were also he also got them to boo him, and that's that's really hard for someone like Daniel Bryan to do. And he got them to boo him real quick and effectively and kept it going and then was able to flip him back just like that when he wanted to. He's just always very good at what he does. I agree. All right, Chris. Well, what can we read from you this week on theathletic.com? Uh, yeah, I uh, read about college football for The Athletic. I have a big focus on Group of Five, and I got a story this week on SMU, who was ranked for the first time since 1986 before they got the death penalty that killed the program for several decades. They're 5-0 and and ranked, I think, number 24 uh, in part because of a ton of transfer players from all over the place and uh, kind of to look into how they did that and, and uh, uh, how SMU Sunny Dykes Mania. made it all. Yeah, SMU's The Pony Express is, uh, is back. Great uniforms. They're doing a lot right right now. Yeah, I like those Dallas uniforms that were, uh, they were good. kind of an alternate deal. I've always liked that logo, that Mustang logo, too. So I, I found myself going back and watching the 30 for 30. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much. We can follow you on Twitter at Chris Vanini. We can follow myself at Chase underscore Thomas. Um, don't forget, you can find the show on com. You can listen on Spotify, Google, Apple, all the great platforms. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time today, and we will talk professional wrestling again very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.